Nice to have you with us. And as I open the newspapers, my internet newspapers, I have a routine that I go through every day. So I go to my websites, and the first thing I want to know about today, of course, is the fire situation here in BC and Lytton and Kamloops and around. So I check that, and I don't have a chance to even get to my next place to check more headlines. This from the BBC five hours ago. U.S. companies hit by colossal cyber attack. This from Associated Press this morning. Ransomware hits hundreds of U.S. companies, security firm says. And I thought to myself, my gosh, how lucky were we to secure the uh, services, if you will, of Professor Yasser Morgan from the University of Regina this morning. Professor Morgan has written a piece called When Cyber Attacks Growing More Frequent and Disruptive, a Unified Approach is Essential. Yasser Morgan now joining us from Regina. Professor Morgan, Yasser, good morning and thank you for this. Good morning, Sterling. How are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. Were you surprised by this morning's headlines? I was completely blown away only because of the timing, because you were going to be a guest with us this morning anyway, and all of a sudden I wake up and there's this more news of more cyber activity, cyber attack activity that you call AMDs, Attacks of Mass Disruption. What's the difference between that and a ransomware attack? Well, uh, uh, the, the name in itself, the term, uh, implies the impact of the attacks. So if the attacks causes mass disruption, like what we've seen in Colonial Pipeline, mm-hmm. then it qualifies as an AMD, attack of mass dis- disruption. Okay, and uh, this, what, what can you tell us this morning? Now, as I understand it, and I'm going by reports from both the BBC and the Associated Press, and here's what I can tell you. A ransomware attack paralyzed the networks of at least 200 U.S. companies just yesterday, according to a, cyber, a cybersecurity researcher whose company was responding to the incident. 200 companies, and they say it's the Reveal Gang, R-E-V-I-L, or Reveal. How do you pronounce that word? Oh, I haven't got a chance to look at the news yet, uh, but I'm aware of the increase of the ransomware to the level that we have an industry uh, built over this industry of, you know, shadow criminal activity uh, based on ransomware. Okay, now this says the Revil Gang, a major Russian-speaking ransomware syndicate, appears to be behind the attack. Morgan, I, uh, Professor Morgan, I suppose what what is most confounding to those of us who are not familiar with all of this is the degree of sophistication involved. They are incredibly complex, very thorough, and pretty successful in terms of getting paid, aren't they? Uh, yes, actually, the cryptocurrency plays a role here where uh, ransom is being paid and it's hard to follow. Uh, so in the case of Colonial uh, Pipeline and in the case of JPS, uh, the meat plant, uh, in both cases, both companies had to pay the ransom. Uh, and uh, the U.S. Uh, authorities have tried to trace uh, the, the, the uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, they partly... Uh, succeeded in recouping some of the money. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for example, for JPS, $11 million are all gone to the criminal. And once you reach a point where the criminal activities are rewarding and you cannot catch them, uh, expect nothing but uh, flourishing this industry. 
Well, and you talk, for example, in your article that uh, the estimate for just last year for um, uh, losses in these known cyber attacks is in, in north of one point five billion dollars, and that's in a in a global in the midst of a global pandemic, no less. Yeah, that's right. Uh, IBM did an estimate, and other organizations as well, and uh, ransomware has become. Uh, very dominant in this field. Uh, it's very lucrative. Uh, uh, criminals are able to get money, and it, it's, it's, it's a good business. So, Professor Morgan, should companies alone be responsible for their own security? Should Colonial Pipeline, for example, assume full responsibility for its cybersecurity or because a pipeline, that's a good example, is part of essential infrastructure, does the government not have a, a, a parallel role to play in cybersecurity as well? Well, it takes, uh, it takes the company, the government, and the normal users, uh, all of them collaborating together to reach a good level of security. So from, from my point of view, I keep advocating for the company passing laws to force companies with, uh, the government has to force companies with certain sides uh, to adapt higher levels of security. Uh-huh. So in, in, the, in the U.S., we have uh, identified, uh, NIST uh, has identified different levels of security for each company, and we can start requiring companies to comply with those levels, at least the companies or companies providing essential services to our society. Ah, and we don't have that in Canada right now. For example, if you are a part of a part of Alberta, for example, and your company is involved in in the transmission of of oil and all of that kind of thing, that's essential infrastructure. A power company, uh, all of those sorts of things. We don't have laws in Canada right now that's that require these companies to at least have minimum cybersecurity standards. No, right now we don't. That's kind of Not unbelievable. Even for utility, yeah. Sorry. No, no. Uh, tell us why you think we don't. Uh, we don't. There is nothing enforced by the government. Whatever is happening right now is out of companies understanding and feeling the heat. Uh, but it, that depends on the company culture itself. And that keeps the society vulnerable to any attack that's happening from overseas. Right. And, um, you know, for example, when we saw the recent summit in Geneva with President Biden and President Putin, uh, a, a rather tense affair, certainly not cordial, you could say, but not friendly. And one of the subjects up for discussion, uh, prominently featured on the agenda, was cybersecurity, specifically Russian based cyber attacks and ransomware attacks. Do you think. What do you think the conversation was like? Well, uh, from before the the summit happened, it was bound to fail in terms of uh, reaching any agreement on cyber warfare. Uh, and the reasons for that, as I described in, in, in one of my articles, is that we didn't reach the mad point. The mad point is a point of mutually assured destruction. Right. So far... Uh, uh, like the Americans, North Americans, we do not attack Russia, and Russia is attacking, and we there is no reason for anyone to believe we are at a point where government saying, if we don't reach a, an agreement, both countries will be failing. We are not there yet. So, ah. for sure, 
Yeah, for sure. It's it's just a discussion. It could be heated, but it will not reach anything. Ah, so Russia is not afraid of, of us in the West because while they may allow their bad guys to just complete unfettered access to being as bad and ruthless as they want attacking outside Russia, they don't fear counterattacks from bad guys in Canada or the United States. It's just not likely to happen, right? Yeah, let me give you a, a specific example about Ukraine in 2015. Uh, Ukraine was attacked for five days all the entire uh, grid for electrical and power was brought down and mm-hmm. we were unable to bring it up for five days, the entire country. Now, uh, ask yourself, why would anyone make an agreement with Ukraine if they are unable to defend themselves and they are unable to attack? Then there is no point where other countries would say, I will make an agreement with Ukraine. Quote from our guest's article. Unfortunately, cyber attacks do not use observable weapons that could be monitored for compliance. Further, the line between criminal and state-based attacks could be hard to distinguish. An attack on a gas pipeline or a meatpacking facility may appear criminal, but can trigger serious chain events beyond the immediate targets. Organizations need to get serious about these practices because, like COVID-19, vigilant, proactive precautions can lessen the problem to a great extent. The This is part of an article uh, written by our guest, Professor Yasser Morgan from the School of Engineering at the University of Regina. The piece is called, With Cyber Attacks Growing More Frequent and Disruptive, A Unified Approach is Essential. And once again, if you're just joining us, uh, this, uh, the headlines on many of the world's news sites including BBC, which I'm looking at right now, U.S. companies hit by colossal cyber attack. This story filed five hours ago, Professor Morgan. So you couldn't have had a more timely publication of this article if indeed you'd sat down and, and planned it out strategically. It's it's quite amazing that way. Let's talk about the, the degree to which uh, companies are recognizing the the insidious nature of cyber criminality and to which they uh, and enhancing their ability to defend themselves so far it appears it's the silo effect each company looking after its own little turf and that's the end of it what you're suggesting is companies massive amounts of companies need to gather collectively and then cooperate with government and then at that point only do you stand a chance of being ready for cyber attacks. Have I got it kind of the way you intended it to be sounding? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, there was a cyber week, uh, Paris Cyber Week, two weeks ago, and it was basically uh, a conference about uh, uh, about cybersecurity involving many companies and governments. And I think uh, uh, governments need to be uh, to play the role of coordinating uh ways for for this to work between academia between uh you know corporate side uh, and the government side this need to be coordinated and the government need to to play a role here in bringing all of this together Okay, and we'll talk about why governments are are appearing to be so reluctant, but I'd like to just distinguish between a phrase that you mentioned in your article. You talk about criminal elements versus state actors. Now, there's a phrase, Professor Morgan, we hear a lot. Well, it's a state actor involved in this cyber attack against, say, Australia. And the state actor at that time was China, 
no surprises, but what's the difference between state actor and just cyber criminals? Well, this is very hard to distinguish uh, if, if an attack has a cyber, uh, sorry, has a state actor behind it or it's just criminal. This is mm-hmm. very, very difficult to distinguish. And usually when we distinguish, uh, the evidence are a little flimsy and, and it, it may not stand, you know, in, in a normal court. So I, I am criticizing multiple things here. One of them is uh, the fact that uh, unlike nuclear activities where you can see the weapon or you can detect even the weapon and you can have photos of the weapon from, from the sky, from your satellite, uh, weapons used in cyber attack are easy to hide. They diminish minutes after they form their attacks and they sure. are hard to trace. So we have issues here that require, comp- uh, require countries to adapt more research, more academic research uh, in, in, in association with uh, uh, our own intelligence services so we can trace things back to where they come from. And we can have evidence so we can go to China or other uh, countries and say, we have evidence that this is launched by a country, and here is the name of the country, and here is why we believe in that. Right. And so far, the ability to present that kind of collective evidence towards bad state actors is simply not there. Professor Morgan, how optimistic are you, if at all, that governments and industry are going to combine their resources and their energies to more effectively combat global cyber attacks? Well, we have come a long way. If you remember the old days when uh, your computer could be hit by virus mm-hmm. very easily, we have come a long way. We have secured many things. If you look at the financial industry, they have learned the lessons. And the financial industry is now doing much better in practicing uh, secure uh, uh, systems. Uh, other, other companies like utility companies and infrastructure companies, they are not there yet. Mm. So we, we can reach a level where we have much better security, uh, but it, it's just going to take us uh, a lot of work together to arrive there. And, uh, sounds- and I, I believe in Canadians. We, we've done lots of go- great things, and we can do this one as well. And I was going to say, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was just going to say, it sounds like it. Uh, if we're going to look to a sector of the economy globally as a leader, it might indeed be the world's banks. Uh, absolutely. They are better secure than governments. <laughs> like, uh, if you remember the issue of Hillary Clinton's emails, that could have been prevented by a simple practice of secure hygiene. Uh, it mm. didn't, and it cost the world a lot, or it cost uh, the Americans a lot. So uh, uh, just using secure or, or normal security hygiene makes a huge difference. But we can Indeed. go well beyond that by following the example of, of the financial industry, for example. Interesting stuff. Fascinating and incredible timing, Professor Morgan. Thank you for making yourself available to us. Neither one of us had any idea that this would be as timely an appearance as it turns out to be, but we do very much appreciate your spending some time with us today. Thank you, Sterling. I appreciate it. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.